Welcome to the Northeast Christian Podcast. We're so excited that you've decided to check out our weekly messages. We hope that you're challenged and inspired by what you're hearing today. We'd love to have you join us this weekend at one of our campuses or online at northeast.live. For more information on Northeast, visit us at necchurch.org. If you love the Northeast podcast, subscribe to our channel and leave us a comment or a rating in the Apple Podcast Store. Well, uh, I'm John Lee, and we love our families. Hopefully that was refreshing and an opportunity for you guys to meet some of the folks on our team. Would you give it up for these fourth and fifth graders one more time? Thanks for celebrating life change. You know, it's really great to be back up here. Um, the last two weeks, we've been in this series all about who we are at Northeast Christian Church. And uh, it's left me nothing less more excited, more energized about where we are moving as a church. And uh, I encourage you, I implore you, please take the time to, to catch up if you haven't watched those two weeks. It will leave you the same way. Now, you might be wondering to yourself, why is John Lee up here? Uh, I'm telling you right now, Tyler said, I need a guy with a big beard, and I said, I got you. No, I'm just kidding. He literally charged me with um, teaching and leaning into one of these aspirational vision targets that we have, and arguably, in my opinion, one of the most important ones. That doesn't mean a whole lot coming from me, but I'm telling you, it's amazing. This is what it is right here. We will invest disproportionately in discipling our youth, especially the most committed. Now here's what we hope you guys would be saying to your neighbors, to your friends, to your family, to your work coworkers and out inside of the community that this is the place for your kid to come get that sort of intensive discipleship training they need today. Tyler crushed a series a few weeks ago on intentional parenting um, where he walked through biblical mandates as parents on what this looks like and rhythms of intentional spiritual formation with our kids because we know that this is extremely important and it's extremely important to get right. So our high school pastor over the course of the last two weeks asked about 40 of our high school students one question. Now before I reveal the question, I want you to know, high schoolers, I love you, but you're a bunch of liars and we know it, okay? The question is this though, during or after the intentional parenting series, did your family dynamic shift or did you see your parents trying new things to disciple you? Again, loud and clear, they're liars, okay? Of those 40 students, one student said, kinda. Kinda. They're a bunch of liars, right? Or is there some truth in this? You see, culture has shifted our way of thinking as parents, mine included, to rely on the experts because they know best, right? We take our kids to school, the teacher teaches, they become more educated. We take them to soccer practice or to the baseball field and get them in front of a coach so they become a better ball player. We get them at that dance recital or their coach for cheer so that they can become better at the skill they're going to, so on and so forth. I truly believe that this way of thinking has crept itself into the church and has created a generation of young people who primary discipling that is being done is done through Sunday mornings exclusively. Now note, this is not me calling out our congregation. This is big C church stuff that's happening nationwide that I believe is creating uh, this disruption inside of the firm foundation that we just talked about and sang about. We're trying to build this next generation on something, but it's too shaky. 
Now, remove any shame or guilt that you have, because I'd be the first one to say alongside Jacob, our high school pastor, as young dads, we miss the mark too. We miss the mark in what this looks like, but what it does point out to me in light is that we have a long way to go in partnering with our parents to help you guys be the heroes and the disciple makers in your family. In its nearly 40 years of existence, the Barna Group has conducted more than 2 million interviews over the course of thousands of studies and has become the go-to source for insights about faith and culture, leadership and vocation, and generational studies. The Barna Group has carefully and strategically tracked the role of faith in America, developing one of the nation's most comprehensive databases of spiritual indicators. I say that to preface this simple truth in their data they found. According to the Barna Group, in 2011, we were at an all-time high when it came to the dropout rate in Christianity. This study yielded a staggering 59% of our 18 to 29-year-olds leaving the faith. 59%. You fast forward eight years, you get a little closer to the now and today. In David Kinman's book, Faith for Exiles, it reveals that the church dropout rate for young people is still a problem. And not only is it a problem, but it's grown to 64%. 64%. I need you guys to help me illustrate something really quickly. If you're within my, my arm span here, can I just ask you to stand up for a minute? Can you guys stand right where you're at? Right here. You guys don't believe in Jesus anymore. This is the last standing faith bearers. You can grab a seat. Today's culture and influences are more drastic and in your face than ever. Everything is glamorized, it's sexualized, it's glorified, and our kids are being discipled on what's cool, what's popular, what's right versus wrong, what's truth, and the whole you-do-you-boo-boo method. Here's the simple truth that I'm trying to point out is that something is discipling your child. The question is, what do you want that something to be? Now, here's the cool part. I don't believe that it just falls on our parents to equip kids to believe and understand the firm foundation in Jesus that we have. I believe that there is a beautiful expression of truth and love when church partners well with its parents. If you didn't catch that, again, I'm happy to tell you, it doesn't just lie on your shoulders. It's church plus parents. This is what flourishing looks like when the church, both volunteers and staff, come together to walk in unison step by step with our parents, helping lean on each other for the strengths that we have to build that foundation. Deuteronomy 6 shows us this amazing depiction of what I'm talking about, where Moses has led the Israelites out of exile and he's leading them towards the promised land. God has given him the laws and decrees that he is to pass down to the Israelite leaders so that the Israelite leaders can pass to all of the Israelites. And what do the Israelites do? Well, exactly what my three-year-old does at home, the exact opposite. For 40 years, they sit in exile again to kill off a generation that couldn't follow the law, that was adamant about doing their own thing. If you got your Bibles, dust them off real quick. We're going to Deuteronomy 6. We're going to hop in on this. Deuteronomy 6 says, These are the commands, decrees, and laws that the Lord your God directed me to teach you to observe in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to possess. 
so that you, your children, and their children after them may fear the Lord your God as long as you live by keeping all his decrees and commands that I give you, and so that you may enjoy long life. Hear Israel and be careful to obey so that it may go well with you and that you may increase greatly in the land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord, the God of your ancestors, promised you. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, and when you lie down, when you get, and when you get up. In other words, he says, keep talking about it. It's not just for me. Moses is given the law to fulfill. He disseminates it to the leaders, the leaders to the Israelites, and those generation after generation after generation is to pass down the word, the law, in following God. And we have that same responsibility to do today to live out of the testament and the goodness of Jesus Christ to help our children see all that is good and made in the image of him. Now, if I'm being honest with you guys right now, this is the part where I share the last 10%, except for it's not towards you, it's actually calling myself out. I just celebrated 10 years here on staff and I've sat in various roles that have direct correlation to me influencing our parents. And I dropped the ball. I dropped the ball. I've fallen short in impacting you guys to lead your kids well. But as I walk into this new position, as I lead our family ministries, I will eat, live, and breathe this. So hear me loud and clear. This is my priority, to walk alongside you, to help equip your kids to follow and fall in love with Jesus. But how are we going to do this? Well, you may have seen some changes that have already taken place, especially if you're a regular 11 o'clocker. We've got a student section. It typically lives over here. Sorry if we stole your seats, guys. But I love this. What we've seen in our culture is program after program after program after program has ill-equipped our kids to assimilate into the Big C Church. What I mean by that is our high schoolers go through their program and never figure out what it looks like to sit and become a part of the body. So we're intentional. It's not out of laziness. David Kimmon's book, again, Faith for Exiles, notes this, cultivating intergenerational relationships is one of the most important ways in which effective faith communities are developing flourishing faith in both young and old. In many churches, this means changing the metaphor from simply passing the baton to the next generation to a more functional, biblical picture of a body. That is the entire community of faith across the entire lifespan working together to fulfill God's purposes. Hear me loud and clear, the same Holy Spirit that moves me, that moves you, moves our students. There is no such thing as a junior Holy Spirit. And this generation has got a Holy Spirit that has burdened them with passion and excitement to help their friends meet and collide with our good Jesus Christ. Can I get an amen? I know that program, programmatical changes are not enough. I know it's not enough to help this intensive discipleship that we want to have collide with you at home, the parent, the caregiver. So we figured we need to do something more, and that is through a future discipleship pathway that I'm excited to try to reveal on a big level today. 
And now, I'm warning you right now, this is going to require a high level of commitment. This is not a low-hanging fruit and easy-to-grab cookie off the table. This is for people that want to be the most committed. Hear me on this. This high level of commitment will involve an 11-month commitment from both parent and student or child to walk through intensive study. The first two months are going to require you, the parent, to do the pre-work to figure out how do I sustain and create healthy culture in my home on faith conversations without getting intimidated. How you become comfortable with knowing it's okay to not know, but to carry on the responsibility of the conversation that has to take place. Our large group setting would be designed to walk through overviews, nine nine monthly overviews of a theme that would allow you to carry on that conversation at home where you and your child attend. Homework that would go home with you involving prayer, biblical reading, and some amazing continuation and questions of that conversation. And last but not least, you can't do it by yourself, so you'll get forced to be with people. I'm sorry, not sorry. But you'll be in a cohort with parents of like-minded and aged students that will allow you to bounce stuff off of because you can't do this by yourself. Here's my goal, guys. We want to champion you to be the hero. You already are. We want you to have that conversation with your kid about what it looks like to have a firm foundation in Jesus. I could go on about this for hours, and you don't want that, so I'm going I'm to stop. But what I do want you guys to do is help me welcome Jacob and some of our students and their group leaders to the stage as they help walk through a little bit more of what this means. Thank you, John. Like he said, I am, uh, my name is Jacob and I'm the Youth 912 pastor here overseeing our high schoolers. Um, Yeah, come on down, guys. Come on down, come on down. Um, We've got a great morning still ahead of us. I'm excited to introduce these guys to you all. Um, And man, we just want to continue to share stories. Like as you saw from Deuteronomy, um, it's important that we pass on these faith stories down from one generation to the next. And I just want to kind of highlight some of our leaders, some of our students. We had a different panel at the 9 a.m. Go back and watch that. Highly recommend it. Um, And just to highlight that, you know, youth ministry and things like that, it's not just about pizza and games. I promise. Um, We love, I know students, that's surprising to hear, isn't it? Um, We we love to really dig in. And, you know, we've been talking a lot about having open and honest conversations this year. So I'm really excited for you um, to hear a little bit from these guys. So on that note, let's just go down the line. Let's introduce ourselves. Name, grade, school, leaders, just tell them who you are. Hi, my name is Rachel Scholes, and I'm one of the leaders for the junior girls. My name is Katie Quinlan. I'm a junior and I go to South Oldham. I'm Jessica Tate. I'm the other leader in this group and um, we've been at Northeast for about nine years. I'm Jordan Price. I'm a junior and I also go to South Oldham High School. I'm Reese Hall. I'm a junior and I also go to South Oldham High School. South Oldham representing here. Okay guys, let's get warmed up a little bit because you may be a little nervous. I'm a little nervous. Um, and maybe these guys don't even know you, us, the whole nine yards. So let's get to know each other a little bit. We're gonna do a lightning round, okay? I'm gonna ask them some questions. You gotta answer, okay, fast, deal? Okay, let's start, uh, Rachel. We'll, we'll just keep going down the line. Ready? Favorite restaurant? Uh, ooh, Jules on Main. Oh, what? Is, I've never it's been in there. Warsaw, Kentucky. Oh. They have the best chicken and waffles. Wow, I love that. I'm okay. going. Okay, Katie. I'll just say Gustavo's. Gustavo's, represent. Don't, don't have one. Don't have one. I respect that. Panera. Panera. I'm a Texas Roadhouse for sure. 
all about those roles. Okay, UK or U of L? Rachel. Uh, Moorhead State Eagles. <laughs> Respect. My alma mater. Right. UK. Don't care. <laughs> UK, 100%. I'm UVL, but big team, uh. Buffalo Bills. Game today. Let's go. You're playing the Steelers, which is my team, so we may fight later today. Uh, Reese? Okay. Uh, Beedra Mountains. Uh, beach. Yeah, right choice. Beach. 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 Good, good, good. Um, Raising Cane's or Chick-fil-A the Jesus Chicken? Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A. God's Chicken. Jesus Chicken. Amen. Jesus Chicken. Wow. It was a controversial topic last service, so um, let's be real, guys. Who's your favorite staff member? Lindsay Keck. Fair. That's a good, that's a good response. Lindsay Weber. Aww. Melinda. <laughs> Lindsay Weber. Okay, I guess I have to say Jacob. Because yes! no one okay. said him. All right, thank you. But okay, honestly, who, did, who is it? Who is it, Reese? I'll stick with you. I'm a big what? fan. I'm a big fan of you. I'm, I'm a big fan. Awesome. Just really trying to build up my esteem this morning. Okay, uh, Jess, I know you've already answered this, but for everyone else, how long have you been attending Northeast? My entire life. Entire life. For four years. Four years. Like nine years. Um, since like fourth grade. Fourth grade. Like two years. Two years. Um, long time, a little bit young. Um, okay, confession time, guys. What grinds your gears about your parents? My parents are in the room, so I'm going to oh. pass. Um, wow. Even as this an is adult, your opportunity. That's a cop out. Call her um, out, Katie. Yes. Um, probably when I'm telling a story or asking a question, they're on their phone and they're like, wait, what? And then I have to repeat the whole entire thing. Mm. I'm an only child, so, I mean, we just don't have enough time. <laughs> <laughs> um, for me, probably when I'm, like, cooking or baking um, and they come out halfway through and complain about the kitchen not being clean, <laughs> I haven't had time to clean it yet. Um, my parents are sitting right there, so... Um, and I love them very dearly, but the one thing they do is I'll get motivation to do something. I'm like, yes, I'm going to clean my room, or like, I'm going to go for a run. And my parents are like, you know, you should probably clean your room. And all motivation lost immediately. Man, just don't tell her, I guess, next time, guys. Um, okay, uh, let's, let, let's, be, let's be real. Are Tyler's sermons too long? Yes. Be honest. 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 No. No. Wow. Qu no, no question mark. No, not most of the time. I'll most of the time. Way. Okay, that's fair. All right. Yes. Yeah. Not most Sundays. Not most Sundays. Maybe like sometimes. Okay. I want to say no most of the time, but they do get a little complicated sometimes. Dang. It's a little hard to follow sometimes. Okay. But he shouldn't change a thing. He's great the way he is. Wow, you're great, Tyler. We love you. We love you guys so much. All right, now that we've kind of warmed up a little bit, all right, let, let's get rolling here. Um, Katie, I want you to start things off. What's a night, if you're coming to Northeast Youth, what's, what's that night going to look like? Well, when the doors open, you want to get there a little early so you Facts. can hang out in like the lobby and talk. Then we all go in and we worship and pray and... Jacob gives a sermon, and then we go into our small groups and discuss whatever he talked about and kind of pray for each other there. That's awesome. I guess the, the other question is, are my sermons too long? No, no, because they're like 30 minutes, you know yeah. what I mean? Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're not okay. too long. Yes, 
Okay, good. Okay, but what if it's a what if it's a first Wednesday? Who wants to share a little bit about, about that? If it's a first Wednesday at youth. Okay, so first Wednesdays are like the extra special Wednesday. So it's first Wednesday of every month, and it's like what we have regular Sunday, our regular Wednesdays, but just like elevated. So we always have food, which is obviously great. Obviously. Um, and it's always just like a little more hype. It's just a better, yeah. just a better vibe all around. That's good. Um, and if you didn't know, our, our Youth 6-8 team, our middle schoolers, they do last Wednesday. And so they go all out on the same nights. It's, it's really fun on those, on those events. Um, leaders, I want to hear from you guys. What made you jump in to serving here at Northeast Youth? Why, like, why are you taking a night out of your week with young kids to serve smelly teenagers? So back when these girls were in middle school, uh, I had a friend of mine say, hey, do you want to lead a small group? And I was like, well, I mean, I guess. <laughs> I didn't really know what it would involve, and it's just, it's been the best. Yeah. Rachel, what about you? Uh, well, I grew up here, so small groups was something that I always kind of was in on um, growing up at Northeast. So I've had a lot of different leaders pour into me and still like as an adult, see them run into them. Like it's one of the sweetest experiences. So I don't know, it's really great um, like meeting these girls. I joined their group in high school. So um, meeting them and like learning from them, it helps keep me accountable for sure. things. I, you know, if they learn a fraction of what I learned from them, then I'm in the right spot. I love that. And I love to hear that you're still having those connections through that you built here, which is really special. On that note of community and small groups, we have one of our values um, at Northeast Youth is groups are? There it is. Groups are where you grow. Um, for you guys, students, leaders, like what does your small group mean to you? How, how are you growing in your relationship because of your small group? Anybody wants to jump in? Jordan. Basically, small groups for me, um, they really just keep me in check. They keep me consistent. Um, they put me in a good mindset for, like, the rest of the week. Um, I feel like it's something that I, like, look forward to. Um, and it's just, it's really where I learn the most about, you know, how I should be praying and how I should be, like, living the right way. Um, and, yeah, they just, they really mean a lot um, just in keeping me in the path that I need to be on. So That's really cool. Katie, Reese, anything you want to add? I would just say small groups are just, you can go and feel so just like welcome. You feel unjudged. And it's people who always have your back no matter what. You can talk about your relationship with Jesus or you can just talk about your relationships with others. There's always open ears and open hearts for you. And I think that's the best part about groups. Super cool. Leaders, what about you guys as you're kind of taking this plunge into leading these conversations. You know, one of our big themes this year is having open, honest conversations, right? Um, what does that do maybe for, for you and your faith? That while you're pouring out a lot, what does it maybe do though on the backside of your faith with Jesus? I think it definitely keeps us accountable. Um, if you're going to teach someone something, you need to know it. You need to it's study good. it. Um, I don't just read questions and um, my Bible on Wednesday, I have to be ready to just share that and share my faith with them. And sometimes I think it's um, the most organic is when they can see you live out your faith. So that's what I feel like Rachel and I really try to do. It's good. Um, I feel like 
I just had a baby not too long ago, so I feel like that puts a lot of things in perspective. Like, I hope that my daughter is able to like have leaders, have other adults in other community, like Christian community that where they can grow in. Um, so if that's, you know, where groups are at, like that's where we want to be. It's awesome. I love that so much. Um, let's celebrate a bit. Okay. Well, tell me a story, whether it's student leader, how, how is Jesus moving? In, in your life just personally? How are you demonstrating the gospel in your spheres of influence, whether it be school or your sport, whatever that may be? Who wants to jump in? Uh, I think one big thing is my school is our FCA. I know a few people in here do go to our South Oldham FCA, and I think it's just a wonderful um, opportunity to just meet with people who you see every day in the hallway and just really connect with them on something that you have in common, and that's your belief in God. Um, and I think that's a really good place to grow in your school, for your school, and we can all just grow together. That's good. Anybody else? Jordan? Um, for me, I was not consistent at all this winter. Um, I was not coming to groups, and I was kind of in like a little bit of a hard place, um, but my leaders and the rest of the people in the church have really been um, here for me. I started coming back in the spring, and it's just been like really necessary in my walk with God just to keep me in check and on point. Um, and just the amount of people that just check up on me and make sure that I'm where I need to be. Um, it really means a lot. And you know, they're not, they don't feel obligated at all. Um, they don't need to, but they do anyway. And it just really just keeps my walk with God strong. And I'm That's really so grateful for it. That's really cool. Jordan, maybe how would you describe like this question here? Like what makes following Jesus difficult for your generation? Um, honestly, I think it is a consistency thing. Uh, so many people, like there's hard times. Um, obviously a lot of the people like struggle, they're busy, tired was a big one that we discussed a right. couple weeks ago. Um, there's so much going on in life sometimes and it makes, you know, coming to groups more difficult. Um, motivation is a struggle time. I think last week they asked us, you know, take an hour out of our week to have a Sabbath and it was way harder than I thought. Um, I was only able to get 30 minutes in and I was like, oh yeah, I can do that. Um, it was difficult, it was very difficult. Um, so I think just timing and just pack schedules and everything just makes it, and all your friends as well. Like when your friends don't come to church um, sure. or when they're busy or you know, you wanna go out with people, you wanna go out and do things and a lot of times it's not you know, what would glorify God. Um, sure. So it's just, Keeping yourself in check and staying consistent, I think, is the hardest part about that. That's really good. Anybody else? You guys? Katie, Reese, want to add to that? Reese? Oh, I think one of the biggest, the hardest things for us is we are the first generation that grew up with having constant, constant electronic usage. Um, and I think that's really hard because we are constantly checked in 24-7. And so it's so hard to just unplug sometimes. Um, and I think it's just, it makes it so much more difficult because even like when we are in our groups and stuff, someone's phone's always going off or someone's yeah. reading their Bible and then if someone gets a text notification, like you can never fully be unplugged. And I think that's one of the hardest parts for our generation. Man, that's good. It's always a lot for high school been having these conversations of how to unplug, how to maybe put some practices and rhythms instead of just taking your schedule and trying to figure out how you can put Jesus into your schedule. Well, why don't you base your schedule around that time with him? Because living your life out of that relationship, it makes a world of difference. And it's been difficult 
but we're trying, right? And the, these guys are really getting after it. It's incredible. Um, leaders, you know, we, you just heard John sharing a lot about how we want to take that next level, take that next step to partner with these parents in really incredible ways, not just with high school, but from birth all the way through high school. You know, I don't know if you've, if you've in Northeast Kids, if you've got a kid there, they get a handout literally every week of the Bible story, the, the big idea, how to go home and practice this thing. Maybe you're just hearing about this for the first time because it goes into the trash. Um, but those are little things we want to do and elevate. So for you guys as leaders, how would you maybe encourage the parents of our congregation to partner with us, to maybe take that step of faith, to reach out? What would you suggest? So I say it to our group a lot, and these girls are probably get annoyed with me sometimes, but I'm like, if it affects your eternity, then it matters. That's great. Hands down. So um, yeah, it's fantastic if your kid can get a scholarship to school. It's fantastic if they're on the governor's whatever. Um, it's so great that they're being responsible and have a job, but like, it's their eternity. So if you can like, Maybe ask their boss, don't schedule them on Wednesday nights. Or, um, you know, they have a lot of homework. Like, sometimes they, even as juniors, need push. Like, get it done before groups. Or <sighs> let them stay up another hour to do it. Because at the end of the day, it affects your eternity. And, I mean, as a parent myself, like, I know where I want my kid to be. Yeah, that's really good. Um, yeah, I think as parents, you all set the example. So if you are scheduling things on Sundays and Wednesday nights and those things take the place of being at church, our community, small group, fill in the blank, they see that. So when they're able to, they start driving, they can schedule jobs, right. sports, like anything over being here. So just really kind of evaluate where your time is. That's good. Um, because they're watching you. That's right. They are. That's we, we want to open that door for you guys. Man, reach out to to me, our staff. We they would love to contact with you, to pray with you. We want to partner. We we don't as staff just want to be the heroes for these teenagers. We want you and these leaders to be the heroes. So we'll make those connections for you. We're here and we're available. Um, leaders and students, you know, something that I both observed whenever I've, I've only been here for a little over a year and I observed real quick that we've got a lot of students in here running around, especially on Sundays and things like that who are not a part of Wednesday or small groups. How would you maybe encourage them, Katie, like, to show up and give it a shot on a Wednesday or to give it a shot across the street Sunday morning at 11 a.m. with our middle school? Yeah, it's really worth your time. Everybody has a place at youth. There's a lot of people who say, oh, I don't feel like I fit in or I don't fit in um, at school or feel welcome, but I feel welcome here at youth. And it really does equip you to just grow in your faith. We're talking about taking Sabbath and holding each other accountable to have a Sabbath. You have prayer partners. You have like a whole group of people who are behind you. And we were talking about having a hot summer, honest, <laughs> open, and transparent. That's right. It does equip you, and I would definitely give it a try. That's awesome. Thanks, Katie. Anybody else? I would just say, why not? Like, just try it. If you don't like it, I doubt that that's the case. You don't have to come again, but I yeah. doubt that'll be the case. Just try it. There's no harm in trying. Yeah. What would Nike do? Just do it. Oh, yeah, 
exactly. There, Just do it. Yeah, there you go. Okay, guys, uh, last but not least, both leaders, students, um, if you could offer just a spiritual challenge to any of the adults in our room or even any of the students, like to our church, for our body, what would that spiritual challenge be? I think right now our big thing is we're working on silence. So just trying to take 10 minutes out of your day just to be silent. Silence your phone, silence. Just practice that solitude, practice that silence. That's what we're working on really big in kids' ministries and in youth. So I would try, oh my goodness, if you are an adult, please try that. And then the other big thing is the Sabbath that she talked about earlier, taking an entire hour out of your week. It is a long time, but I think you should try it because you never know. It'll Hopefully you can get something out of it and hopefully you can grow closer to God and maybe it will affect your eternity. So That's right. That's good, Reese. Who else? Yeah, Katie. Um, find an area to serve in if you're not already serving. I know that that's a challenge that we take on at the high school ministry is everybody to serve in an area. So definitely serve if you're not already. That's right. Save people. Serve people. That's right. What's you guys, leaders or Jordan? Um, just if like you're a student specifically, just try um, step out of your comfort zone maybe, but just attend one of the youth ministries. Um, come to groups. Like I promise you, people are just so excited and open to receive you, and you know you have nothing to be nervous about at all. Um, yeah. yeah, just great. love to have you. It's great. You guys got anything? Yeah, I think as like. Um, just a Christ follower, if you cannot think of one person that can keep you accountable mm -hmm. in your walk with God, you need to be doing something to find a, that person, whether it's join a small group, whether it's um, just attend a class, do something to build community because it's really easy to feel like you're in this alone. That's good. Love that. I was going to say a very similar thing. Find a community, find a group. We are not meant to do this alone. So if you can come to youth or you can even serve as a leader, you can be part of a community that we meet even before our kids get there yep. and um, pray for each other. And accountability is huge. We yep. need it. That's right. So good. Can you guys give these guys a huge round of applause? Church, we're going to continue this time uh, now, but I just wanted you to hear stories and to, and to celebrate and hear what God is doing within our youth ministry to say, we're here for you and we want to partner with you. And I'm really excited to kind of continue this service now as we hear uh, from our Youth 6-8 pastor and a few other students as we um, just remember the body and the blood of Jesus through communion. But I just want to pray and uh, bless uh, these students, bless these leaders, and uh, we'll continue with our service. So Father, we love you. We thank you that you are so passionate about the next generation generation, that you've entrusted people like myself, but also these leaders, but God, you've entrusted each and every one of these parents, each and every one of us who have kids to raise them up to know you. So Lord, I ask that you impress that on our church, that you would just truly show that whenever we're all one together, man, God, you're going to do a mighty work through this next generation. So Lord, we ask for your favor, we ask for your peace, and we ask for your wisdom as we lead and love and show them how to follow you. God, we love you. We ask all these things in your name. And everybody said, amen.